technology. It's not good for you. I reckon if Oscar and I built it, this uh, is how it would have been. Sorry? I reckon if Oscar and I built it, we'd have none of these problems. None of these problems. (laughs) Have you ever met that guy? He's really stupid. (laughs) He's so problematic. It's recording now, by the way. Okay. How do you feel? Everything's different when the lights are shining, you know? Uh, I feel... So are we actually recording? Like, we're doing it now? Yeah. When when does it start? Uh, uh, I feel... I feel... um, Nervous. Don't be nervous. It's only going to be recorded so that we can listen to it for the rest of our lives. I know. (laughs) (laughs) The beauty of it is now we get to see as well. This is actually a great idea from you. Yeah. Um, This is how I want to be remembered in this hoodie. It actually is a Liam's, and I just didn't even realize I had it until the other day. I do need to get it back to him, but he's in Dunedin now. It's so far away. Yeah, um, I always like starting things off by asking how you're doing. Please tell me. Uh, actually- okay. It has been forever. Yeah. I think, by the way, um, when we speak, like, we have to speak one at a time. I just remembered that that's the whole thing. Um, how am I? Well, as I was saying, I was feeling presently right now uh kind of nervous because i think doing a podcast has unearthed this like interesting thing where um i feel like i always want to be like represented exactly entirely as me and then having a 50 minute like bite of me just is kind of a weird thing uh like yes (laughs) And yeah, overall, I think I'll probably still, if I listen to this back, I'll be like, well, I will think of things I could have said, and then I might might also say too much, but we'll see. Um, overall, yeah, life is pretty good. Um, it's been a whole like the last time I saw you was Bay Dreams, probably. I'm a working man. Now that's kind of new, but also what still studying. Uh, I'm at the council as a just a computer programmer, and but this is yes, holistically I'm doing fine, except for like yesterday I was feeling a bit off for some reason. I was a bit low, but doing this podcast and seeing you is making it better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is perfect. How are you going, Mitch? How am I doing? No, we're not talking about that yet. Oh, what? (laughs) Do you know it wasn't like environmental or something that got you down, or was it just the general? Um, I was, I was trying to think of a reason. I would think it was just more general. Um, I can't really exactly point to it. Probably too many days feeling up. Makes you feel low after a while. I don't know why. Yeah. What goes up must come down, as they say. This is true. Yeah. Nice. Good to hear. I guess it, it, it do be like that sometimes, as they say. It's okay. I'm feeling better. Very cool. What more could you ask for than an exceptionally fun podcast? So mm. I have questions for you. Naturally, because it's how you keep these things going. Yeah. Uh, I, this 
Interesting. <laughs> I feel cagey. I feel this is bad for just like, uh, I didn't, this is interesting. Okay. I um, shouldn't be, because I think I'll enjoy it. And I am enjoying it, by the way. <laughs> this is just such an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Not a, well, yeah it's not even dynamic. Yeah. You like, want to have a nice, candid conversation, but the fact that it's basically censored by other people. I know, it's private, but then other people can listen to it. I think that's tripping, tripping me out. Yeah. Okay, do you want a question? Um, yes, go for it. How do you like Wellington? And, furthermore, what are the main differences compared to Dunedin, especially when it comes to studying and stuff? Okay, Wellington uh, is, is good. It's a good time. I feel like since moving here, like, even the way I'm speaking now, I just feel like it's so... Like, do you think I'm acting normal? I don't think I am. I don't think you're acting normal at all. I know. Oh, well. Um, yes, okay, so Wellington. Wellington's good. Uh, I think that it is not as good as Dunedin as a student. I can say that about a hundred percent, but that's just my preference. And I also, I can't say that being like, I can't really exactly say what it's like to be a student in Wellie because um, I've only been here for a limited time and I entered in like halfway through my third year here. So whatever, but um, let me tell you, rent is a bit more expensive here by like at least double even. Sheesh. Okay, maybe not at least double. Like I was paying, at, at my peak, I was paying 90 a week in Dunedin. <laughs> and then the highest was like one, maybe 120. And mm. currently I'm paying, well, last year I was paying 225 and at the moment I'm paying like 210. Um, and just general expenses, like they don't have $3 lunch. They have like, like eight dollar lunch oh. <laughs> from Krishna. It's ridiculous. Oh my goodness. Um, and then, uh, they don't have a gym here. Like they don't have Unipol. And yeah, as a city, it's pretty cool though. Less parties, as you might expect, but also, I think there are more parties generally in like first and second and third year. Whereas I think maybe the people I've surrounded myself with since coming here are less party orientated. Yeah. Mm, also, found. What's that? Uh, it's definitely a, a value found um, frequently in Dunedin. Party. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the weather is a bit more windy as you expect. Mm -hmm. And it's warmer. Yeah, it is yeah. warmer. Yeah, up here it's warmer. That's good. Do you reckon that changes much? Like changes your mood or anything? Um, I haven't really experienced a Wellington winter so far. So it's April. It's the 11th of April right now, and I got here probably like the start of July. So I kind of missed the winter, but I don't think it would influence me too much. It doesn't yeah. influence me too much. I think you just had your hand over your mic. Sorry, yeah. Uh, it doesn't influence me too much. That's fair. I've found that since being in Nelson, the sun is crack, honestly. 
because I just get so <laughs> hot here, dude. It's so lovely. That's um, so good. Yeah, I didn't really realize how reliant I was on the weather until I left it in. I think it's a massive factor for mood for me. Yeah. And it's been really, it's been really telling. I think. Just uh, I feel myself a lot more energetic and less anxious generally, etc. When it's just sunny every day. Mm. And I think that there are definitely there are definitely arguments in terms of, I mean, it's not as socially demanding being in Nelson where I'm living with my parents, etc. And that could absolutely be another another factor. But there's just something so satisfying about it being absurdly hot and sunny. You know, you just yeah. feel so healthy and just it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my f- curve. Yeah. How are you finding living with your parents at the moment? Honestly, all good. Um, and how long have you been with them for uh, oh, at the moment? Like, when did you go to Welling? Uh, go to Nelson? Um, a month. So I left okay. in um very start of March. So oh, just a little bit, just over a month. A month. Um, and I did summer school and all that sort of stuff. So that was good fun. Um, but Dunedin summer is just not the same as Nelson summer. For sure. So like, I got I got to Nelson for the tail end of summer and it was awesome. <laughs> nice. Yeah, but it's been a it's been real it's been really different living with mum and dad. I think it's been a lot more healthy because they obviously like go to bed and get up and work and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I have a pretty similar schedule to them, and I think mm-hmm. my is pretty good here because I'm just so comfortable at home. And it is yeah. warm and not damp like it was in the past, exactly. So yeah, it's a completely different climate across yeah. the board. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, are you working at Nolz? Nah, I'm not doing that anymore. I quit that as soon as possible. <laughs> That's so, man, I hate selling things to people so much. I just, I hated the, um, I hated how, um, people had the, like, prejudice against me. Which because was, you're a yeah, salesperson. Yeah, I think it was a really interesting experience because it's not something that I've had to deal with a lot in my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Just because I'm just like a big white guy. And yeah. I think that really bugs me because I know that my intentions to go up to somebody and actually genuinely help them or just have a conversation or something. Mm. But people just expecting that I was some like capitalist <laughs> just trying to take their life savings. And I was like, bro, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that was actually an amazing lesson for me on such a very minor just you know minute scale it's just the fact that I couldn't deal with prejudice I think it yeah. was um eye-opening for me because I mean imagine what it'd be like if people you know if that was your everyday life yeah existed and people held prejudice against you that would be fucking taxing man I couldn't even imagine it would so how did this prejudice express itself for you well, towards oh, you the way that it happened is people would just like get mad at you for you approaching them or anything <laughs> and it's and the whole point of the job or going into a store like that is consulting with assistance right because yeah. if you want to just have a squiz you can just look online i don't know it's kind of just like what do you expect when you go into a store like, people are going to try and talk to you <laughs> it's just yeah, yeah. And I think that that really bugs me. And I think it really misrepresented who I was and what I was about. Um, and it was more just working for the sake of, I was more just working for the 
sake of working to keep myself busy and to meet meet people as opposed to yeah. like try and fleece money off people and earn commission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah, I can relate. Um, having worked at Wickles for like four years before uni. Mm-hmm. It's kind so of good for just like you to sell generally. As well, what was that? Do people expect you to sell things to them as well? Like, what was the? Uh, yeah, like it depended on the person who was managing managing you on the day. Generally, they would they would definitely encourage it, but I wasn't very good at it. Yeah. In the sense that, like, I just didn't a lot of the time. Occasionally, I'd give it a shot. I'd probably profile the person and be like, oh, it's a, it sounds real, like, picky or whatever. But, like, sometimes you get a vibe that they'd be, they'd be willing to add something on. Yeah. Uh, like, I wouldn't do it for someone my own age, for example. Yeah, for sure. And there was not, there were no penalties if you didn't. Um, or no punishments if you didn't upsell. You just maybe like hear from the per- from the person that you're with, being like, "Hey, can you like sell more things?" Like, okay. Sheesh, it's a dog eat dog world, isn't it? It is true. Mm-hmm. Just take as much money as you can, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have um, new questions. Here's my question: Would you ever? I think this is a unique question. I think you'll like this. <laughs> would you ever go on a New Zealand reality TV show like The Bachelor or Married at First Sight? No. How, <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> how what was it? On it. How would I act on it? Yeah. How would I act on it? Okay, well, if I... Hi? Do you reckon you'd be any good? <laughs> God. Uh, well, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. Like, this podcast is an example of why I wouldn't. I, like, <laughs> as in just, I would be able to see myself and then I'd be famous for something that, like, well, like, maybe recognised for something that I just wouldn't support, probably. Unless maybe the reality show was, like, I don't know, uh, how to, like, I don't know, into capitalism or something. <laughs> no, this is no, a but, reality show, The Bachelor, and you're The Bachelor. Okay, I think I'd be, I think I'd be terrible at it. I w- hmm. maybe that would be entertaining for the viewer, but like, if there are cameras on me, I will definitely act a bit weirder. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, maybe people are into that. Maybe people can like view that and be like, oh, I can imagine being in that situation, how terrible that would be. But, uh, I reckon it'd be a no-go for me. No-go. So how would you deal with having all those bachelorettes fighting for you? Well, or maybe you'd get used to it, honestly. Like, after the first few episodes, you'd be like, fine. How would I – wait, what was the question? How would I yeah. – how, um, how would you deal with like, all the bachelorettes fighting for you? Uh, Actually, what I will say – I think it's more exciting the other way around. Say you're on the bachelorette and <laughs> you're trying to get her attention. How do you get it? Tell me. Um, I ask her, hey, do you want to like talk one-on-one? <laughs> uh, and then I sit her down at a table and and we just talk. Talk about things. Just like we're doing now, baby. <laughs> if I'm the bachelorette, what do you say to me? 
Uh, don't put me through this. Uh, <laughs> hey, sweetie. No, you don't say that. I'd be no. like, I'd be like, hey, what's up? How's yeah. your day going? Yeah. And then she'd be like, uh, oh, I'm on a fucking TV show where people were fighting to have sex with me. How do you think my day's going? <laughs> and then I'd be like, uh, man, you must love attention if you're on this show. It's probably good. <laughs> she probably loves it. She would probably be semi-offended by that. People that love attention don't like it being pointed out to them that they enjoy attention. Here's the flaw in this. I don't think I'd ever be into a girl that is that wants to willingly be on a show like The Bachelor. Mm. Yeah. Hypothetically, obviously, we're speaking. So that's, that doesn't count. You're not giving the yeah. right answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I reckon well, maybe there is some sort of version of the bachelor or bachelor for just like normal people <laughs> maybe if it wasn't filmed or something like it was a podcast i don't know if that would change anything. yeah i think it's a good note actually i think the um personality specific personalities are attractive as soon as you put um tv cameras in an environment yeah. that's for yeah. damn sure wait do you do you remember watching the bachelor in the cabin of the woods and Harry Jowsey was on it. Oh yeah, that's so good. Right, the Bachelorette, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know him that well, but he was, and there was another guy as well, um, Ethan Marshall's brother. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Damn, that wasn't. That was like a Love Island thing, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes massive difference. <laughs> Pretty painful. Yeah. I don't know. Would you? Would you be keen? I don't know. Well, I don't know how... I think that... I reckon I could play the game. I reckon I could chat the shit, but it would be so misrepresentative of who I am. Um, and I don't think the girl would like me either because I think that I... I reckon I'd come across pretty poorly. I reckon I would come across as like... I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but I think there's sometimes a fine line in terms of interpretation between arrogance and shyness. And I think in a situation like that, I would actually be horrified. And I think my defense mechanism would be like trying to act cool and like above it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think yeah. a situation like that would be incredibly inefficient. Even if the bachelorette was the most perfect person ever and she was incredibly humble and I was like, oh, I want to marry her right now. I reckon mm. I just balls it up because I just, fuck, dude. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's just a defense mechanism. Uh, I know. Like, I think that when you're talking with someone and they really like they tick many boxes. It feels at least I felt this way in first year. Um, these days, to a lesser extent, but it still happens. Like you feel like the stakes are high, and then you are just like less, less. Uh, like you're less yourself. In some ways. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Like, like, and if the stakes are low. You just will say anything without thinking about it. I think it co- the problem comes with overthinking things. Mm-hmm. And that can happen when you're talking to someone that really, really like. Well, so, because yeah. I guess I might. Know that putting so many steps in between you and that person and actually interacting as that person because you're probably trying to like profile them, right? And then trying to represent yourself as somebody that it's a bit of a gamble. Because you're trying to represent yourself as somebody that would fit that profile's type or something. So you've got yeah. like all 
to contemplate like this is all the stuff that's going through your head right like anything that you say is going through like five different filters of trying to <laughs> think of this person so it's yeah. not in any way candid organic at all is it it's just like a massive mess of overthinking and yeah that's no good to yeah me. that's not think- natural <laughs> that's not a natural really setting no. to put yourself forward as well I think it's even hard in like a normal setting if you like as you say if you're talking to somebody that ticks all the boxes you're still going yeah. through so many you're still going through so many of those different filters right Try, yeah. you you trying to interpret all these different things that that person's thinking but then you also have to deal with your own reference points at the same time so it's like yeah. eh, what are you gonna do just fuck it just yeah there, there comes a point where you're just like yeah this is take it or leave it this is me <laughs> yeah that's where you that's where you want to get to it's yeah. like the ideal uh, just mindset most of the time, I'd say. Yeah, I think that um, the less the less you think you know, the better, right? So I think if you try and take away those assumptions and all those sorts of things, um, and like predisposed notions, I guess you could say, um, yeah, I think it would be a lot more efficient and a lot better for you to court the bachelorette, wouldn't it? Very true. Yeah. Um, now. Wait, would you go on it? Would I go on it? Wait, for what co- for what price would you? How much for the page you have to pay? Yeah. Um, Assuming that you wouldn't, but I don't know. It'd have to be a pretty exceptional um, potential partner. I'll give you that. I couldn't <laughs> blindly go on there and it's just some random girl. I'd have to know who I was going for. I'd have to know who I was competing for, you know? Uh-huh. I would want somebody. Oh, oh yeah, you go. I want somebody to pay for my food, like really good food for a long time so I can get super fit. And then I don't have to do anything. I can just be like super fit and the bachelor will be like, oh, he's pretty fit. And then then I don't have to sit her down and say, hey, sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's my plan. There we go. I'll win the bachelor. So I reckon paying for my food and also a good um, end goal person yes that's that's reasonable that's very unreasonable um i reckon what would end up happening it depends on obviously how good the girl is or whatever but um in your opinion but if if it turned out that the bachelor it wasn't your thing and a few others were on the same lines it could be kind of fun to just hang out with the bros and just enjoy the experience of being on a resort or something yeah, there could true. be a side plot just the guys just some trying to keep each other in the game eh? that would be good i like that i like that side i like that side quest that is good <laughs> yeah it's way better than the toxic like guys putting each other down trust trying to get the yeah that is awfully toxic i'll give you um so another question here you go what are you what are you reading at the moment are you reading anything at the moment uh, yeah, I just started a book. Oh, do you not follow me on Goodreads? Nah, dude. I actually read for knowledge, not to show off that I read. That's fair. Um, <laughs> no, not that I show off what I read, but I like Goodreads. It's fun to... I just have gotten an obsession with like looking at reviews as well that I've picked up since second year, and now it's all I do. Check out the review before I read a book. But so currently reading um, Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler. It's a sci-fi fantasy. I don't exactly know what the plot is because I'm like, like 
two chapters in, but I've just finished. Uh, wait, it's a good question because I've just finished two books really. Because in the Easter break, I had a lot of time. We went camping. Um, the most recent book I read was called um, what was it called? Less Than Zero by Brett Easton Ellis. It's he's the guy that did American Psycho, uh, which was quite a depressing read. It was about rich kids in LA that go down a, a cycle of like depression and drugs and bad habits. Uh, but it was it was enjoyable. I rated it a three, personally. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't it, no because it the the writing style of it was so detached. Like after the in the last half of the book he was basically like saying all of these terrible gruesome things that were happening but in this really deadpan apathetic way which uh is good for like um representing the character well but for reading i thought was kind of uh got old kind of fast right and then the other book was one that i had been meaning to finish for ages i'd just been on the shelf i read it halfway through and then read the last half this Easter and it was called John Ronson lost at sea. And that was, he's a, so he's a writer and a journalist and he, each chapter basically in this book was about a different mystery that he had reported on. And most of them were in the guardian or whatever. So it was, it was kind of cool actually. Like he talked about real life superheroes in the U S there were about 200 superheroes yeah. Um, one of them's called Phoenix Jones, and he like literally gets he gets like shot a few times just trying to intervene in crimes that he encounters on the street. Uh, yeah, it's a wild time. And there's he also went to the North Pole in Alaska, and it's a it's a town, a very small town of about three hundred people, I think. And it's Christmas there constantly, and they get all of all of the Christmas letters that they that people send around the world. They go to the North Pole, this little town, and then the sixth graders are the elves in this one school that reply to these letters. So it's kind of like it's kind of sad. <laughs> but yeah, it's Christmas all year round there. Like the the retail stores are all wearing elf suits and things like that because tourism is the only thing that they've got going for them right an so interesting can, read yeah Alex jones go here or the author uh the author went phoenix jones was so a phoenix, different chapter so phoenix jones didn't go to save um christmas no he didn't he, he's by <laughs> building crime though there would have been a fantastic crossover episode this is true yeah, nah. I think I saw a, a video on Phoenix Jones. Kind of <laughs> he sounds awesome. So you are reading a bit of a mixture of non-fiction slash fiction. I actually, that uh, yeah, really sound like non. I mean, it doesn't necessarily sound like fiction, but it's probably not like informative per se. Nah, it's it just gives you like a different window into like a different different life. Mm. But it is. It's fiction. That's probably like you'd call it a drama, I suppose. 
Right, I was thinking drama, yeah. If it, it's kind of like uh, the rich version of Catch from the Rye. Oh, yeah. you've read that. Yeah. What are you reading? Um, oh, you're reading the, um, the like, book I saw in your good, good reads. Like, the lawyer book. Banana on the cover. Oh, why lawyers should eat bananas? Yeah. Dude, I um, I don't actually, that my Goodreads is very not up to date. I'm sorry. Maybe I'll have to start using it so that we can correspond in terms of books. Mm. Um, I've gotten hugely into reading since um, exam end of exam period last year, and I've read like a few a few different books. Eh? Um, I've got I read um, so my system at the moment is to have like a philosophy book going or like a pretty much a book, like a PPE book, right? So philosophy, politics, or economics, because that's just what I love um, and get like freakishly really obsessed with. And then like a fun book on the side as well, or maybe something that's less like grindy to get through, if that kind of makes sense. So like my fun book recently was Homer Deus, you know, like the, um, oh, yeah, yeah. I, um, <laughs> sapiens author yuval noah harari Yuval harari yeah yeah and um and now i'm reading a book by john collins i don't know if you've ever heard of the book stoner oh yeah no yeah. isn't that by john oh john williams williams that's one stoner yeah. it's it was like my favorite book that i've read so far really it's, it's, it's also kind of bleak but yeah i really liked the character and yeah i recommend that okay cool well because i stoner is what i'm probably going to read next I'm okay. reading William's book. It is William's, right? Not Collins. I don't know why I thought it was Collins. Yeah. Um, a book about Augustus, like the first emperor of Rome. Um, yeah. It's exceptionally cool. It's like all these different letters from significant people in Octavian's life. And it sort of starts from when he was 17 and just before Caesar was murdered. And it starts off with a letter from Caesar. So the whole book is just letters, right? That mr john has composed himself and then it just narrates augustus's story through the eyes of like his enemies his um best friends like his mother and his stepfather etc it's fabulous it's one of my favorite books i'm hugely biased because i love classics and specifically anything to do with augustus but mm. it's so cool because it starts off and it's like letter from julius caesar to i can't remember what his mum's name is but to the mother and it's julius caesar talking about how much he loves his son his son and he's going to adopt him and he wants to give him the key to the city pretty much which is rome which is more than just normal key to the city it's like key to the whole world um yeah it's just so sick and then his his mates um his mates are pretty much along with him on the ride like agrippa and rufus and people who actually were his you know commanders in battle eventually um like military leaders and they're just going you can see their progress it's like hmm, man i don't know if this guy's got it in him and then they sort of just go oh my god wow how is he doing this this is ridiculous like he's actually playing the game like he's absolutely like hoodwinking mark antony who's the current console that's kind of Rome. and they're like this dude's 18 years old what the hell so it's just it's enthralling like, i'm absolutely loving reading it that's for sure so i've got awesome. Not much more to go, but definitely recommend that as well. The author's passed away, though, which is sad. He only wrote, like, four books, from my understanding. Oh, no. Well, how old is he? He, um... Well, he's gone. <laughs> God, he did. Yeah. Um, he only wrote, like, four books. 
he was like a full books. Well, it's better than most people. Well, I guess so. But if it's this good, I mean, if Stoner was that fantastic, yeah, I found, seriously, I found Augustus online, <clears throat> and then it was instantly, you know, everything I'd talk about was just, oh, Stoner is amazing. Like you need to read Stoner, sort of thing. So it's definitely on the list. Yeah. So that's where I'm at in terms of books. Cool. Would you um, write a book? Would I write a book? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to write a book. I'd love to write a book about um, ethics, I think. I'd love to write an ethics book or a, mor- a morality, ethics and morality. Um, yeah. I think I'm really you interested. Can... Sorry. There you go. You go, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm really interested in knowledge as well, but I think that ethics and morality – um, but with a with a real contemporary spin on things. So like an example is I really like the concept of you know like utilitarianism, right? Mm-hmm. But the way that it's previously been expressed just holds many fallacies. And I think that there's, like a, there's a market for a more liberal type of utilitarianism that's probably a bit more. Uh, like justice is fairness, John Rawls, egalitarian, because utilitarianism can actually be quite unfair because at the end of the day, you just want the best, like the most pleasure, the most utility for the most amount of people, right? But mm-hmm. we arguably live in a utilitarian society because like all the white people are happy. So, or, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, like, like, yeah, all the no, white no, no. there's like massive utility, right? So I think mm-hmm. that they're more like liberal adaptation with a bit more, bit more like morality sprinkled in there um, that, sort of tries to argue for utility for everybody regardless of your privileges etc so that's definitely something i'm finding myself really interested in but the only issue with philosophy is it can be fantastic to think about and thought experiments are always fun but it's not well respected like it's not going to go very far right so i think that's why it's important to have economic or political guys with it be respected for lack of a better term yeah so yeah what about you would you ever write anything? Do it. Write, write the book write the book um would i write a book i'd be keen i don't know what it'd be on uh probably just like probably like a fiction or something but i think it's something i want to do before i die i'll just get words on the page mm-hmm. do you do uh, i don't know or like a diary or anything yeah, uh, like every few days, yeah. depending on how eventful my life is. <laughs> yeah. So you could publish that if if I really was stuck for an idea, but uh, no. Nah. Do no, you have a diary? Yeah, I do, but it's very infrequent, like every month or so. And it's very all over the show. It's like mm. ridiculous. Sometimes yep. I'll talk about girls and sometimes I'll talk about like anxiety or my friends or something yeah. and, you know, I'm, like most recently i tried to convince myself that i could um <laughs> like logically lay out critical thought <laughs> so it's like this is just like, <laughs> like four pages of me typing and i'm just like okay if my reference reference points were this i think it would be more than reasonable to, <laughs> to, to based on it was so funny i like i read it i read it Right, and I was like, what the... F- no, nah, man, this is just stupid. <laughs> like, it's incoherent. It's like, fucking, you can't read it or anything. So I literally just like writing and expressing things, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I have a gender like- day. 
Huh? You have an agenda for? I don't. I don't have an agenda per se. I literally just think. Oh, right. I just write about whatever the hell's on my mind. I know. I hate reading back what I write. Like I li- enjoy the act of writing, and it feels good to. I feel like I'm better at writing than speaking most of the time. That's why I do it. Um, but yeah, I don't often look back at what I've written anyway. I do occasionally, but actually, the other thing I do as well, it's again, um, it's not really like creative, it's just writing about me, but like maybe every year or so I'll just write a big old spiel about where I'm at. In, in recent years, I've just resorted to making a video about where I'm at in life. Kind of like this, actually. Mm. Um, that's what I do. Because maybe, that. like, before. pardon? You've done it I, once before. Yeah, but I found it quite cringe, so I don't know if I'll do it again. Like, I didn't yeah. like talking to myself, if that makes sense. That's, that's fair. Horses for courses. Definitely. I, did, you, you, seem, you seem like you enjoy documenting the present or our youth. So that is interesting that you're not a fan of it. It is, it depends. Yeah. It's like, I don't think cringeness is a reason for not doing many things. I object to the use of the word cringe, to be honest, just generally, but yeah, go. Yeah. That's all I have to say. I do. I actually do really like the attitude. Um, I think it's kind of negative. Like people can just do whatever they want, and even if it's kind of cringe, like objectively cringe, it doesn't really matter. No, I think you're dead right. I think maybe where I so to analyze why I would say cringe, I think it just mm-hmm. made me comfortable seeing myself mm-hmm. and talking about myself as if it mattered, and I mm-hmm. think I had the attitude like. Oh, honestly, you're not even going to care about this. Like, why are you talking mm. about it? So I think it was more yeah. of a thing of uh, discomfort. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying, like, shame. I think discomfort's definitely the best way to describe it. And I mm. think that put me off it. And then, obviously, the catch-all term for everything is just cringe. So, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's That's easy how- to brandish it around, eh? Like, yeah. it, is, it does fit fit a certain, like, like, it has... It can be used in a lot of different scenarios. This is real. Now, I need to get some more questions out because it's been like over 30 I know, minutes. I know. This can be a long-form podcast. I have questions for you as well, by the way. Like, oh. not. I just had a general idea of yeah. um, what I want to ask you, but yeah. Go okay. ahead. These other questions, here's the funny part. These other questions are a lot more um, comprehensive. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Oh, we're gonna, man. We're that reasonably well. Um, does it need to be like within a certain no it has time. to be under three hours okay. <laughs> so we, we can actually go as long as we can. yeah okay yeah right hit me so um what do you want to do for work like what's your ideal situation at the moment go okay go uh what i want to do for work I think in the future, this is like your end goal career sort of thing. Uh, my end goal, like when I'm 50 or something, mm-hmm. I just want a varied, a varied working life. And I think over my life, I want to do a bunch of different things. Uh, when I'm in fifties or like 
sort of later in my working career, I'd be keen to be a primary school teacher um, or just a teacher of anything because it seems chill and quite rewarding and has good breaks. And I think I enjoy working with kids. Um, at the peak of my career, well, currently I'm going down the comp sci route and I don't know where that's going to take me. I have a feeling that comp sci is not something I'm going to stick with for an extended period of time. In fact, like recently I've been thinking after I've worked on my current job for a bit and after I finished with my last few papers in comp sci, um, I'll do some nursing because uh, in at Victoria University, well, yeah, you know, Vic, um, they offer this, you can go straight into a master's for nursing and it only takes a year. I think it only takes, is it a year or two years? I can't remember. I think it's two years actually, go on the safe side. But um, I would like to do that and then see where that takes me because uh, it's been a while that I've done comp sci and I still feel like I'm not, I just don't think I'm learning as much as other people and my trajectory is quite slow for just learning how to code and be, being useful. But you can do a lot of um, roles in comp sci that aren't coding, but I don't know. I don't think it's for me in the long haul. But that's, and maybe, maybe I'd be a doc ranger as well or something further down the line. I, actually, my real goal would be all, like to be an astronaut or something. <laughs> and I haven't given that up yet as a as a goal, but we'll see. I also, I just want to do everything. I want to do so, like recently I've been um, like really getting into the keyboard um, slash piano. And I had it in my head, like for the past, I've been into it for about a month. Now I'm like, oh, cool. I want to be a jazz pianist eventually. <laughs> like if I just keep practicing like a few hours a day, you can get pretty far. But yeah, um, I'm pretty, I'm, I know that I'm a bit more of a dreamer than a doer, and but it's fun to speculate. And so I don't know if any of these things will come true, but we'll just see. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my answer. <laughs> it's pretty vague. That's a fantastic. We'll just see. That's better than any answer I've heard in the last like five years of my life. So don't. <laughs> oh. um, I'd like to be in a. Oh, yeah, you go. Okay, no, tell me your thing first. I'll try and remember. I was it. gonna say like I'd like to be an explorer or something and go to Antarctica and see see the penguins or be a researcher there as well. But again, it's. Pretty like limited entry. There are heaps of stuff. Anyway, I like it. Two things. Um, why do you not see yourself going down the comp sci route? Is that because it's like not overly active or something? Like what elements are missing from that? From that? Um, I'd say that I just feel like I'm not that good at it compared to a lot of people, and it's uh. Like, I don't default to it when I want to do things with my day. Or, like, a lot of people find great joy in solving problems. 
and coding and stuff. Whereas at this point in my life, like as a, well, I don't know, just right now, I don't default to coding. Sometimes I'll start a problem and it will be like engaging and I really want to finish it. Um, and I think it's the kind of thing where the more you do it, the more you get engaged in it. So I need to like, cultivate a motivation. And because I haven't done that just yet, uh, I am not, I don't gravitate towards content. Yeah, right. maybe if I got, it, it is pretty cool. Like I'm, I feel grateful to have done it at the moment, and my job is pretty chill at the moment. Like, you can work from home, um, like four days a week, and I find that just ideal because then I can run in the in the lunch times, and I don't feel like pressured by my work. Like they're quite trusting. I don't feel pressured to do. A hell of a lot but i am meeting my like boss's expectations and then yeah you can just i think it's got a lot of freedom associated with with Compsai, and i like that aspect like to be honest i'm thinking about it now i could be keen to keep going with it for the freedom that it offers like and have keyboard and like art and stuff is just a hobby and yeah I, I i don't know where my life's gonna go much but uh we'll see and and over the next five years if i find like once i've started like really working and learning a lot maybe i will get quite good and i'll enjoy it even more yeah that's awesome um so why would you want to be an astronaut that sounds like the most claustrophobic <laughs> traumatizing experience possible. <laughs> uh, no, astronaut would be sick. I reckon I've just always been really a fan of like the idea of zero gravity. I'd have to be thinking about my health a bit, to be fair. But um, I don't know, interplanetary exploration sounds fucking cool <laughs> to me. Like, I just want to see... I reckon the... Earth is so small, and I would like to go to places other than Earth. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much out there. It's crazy. Not yeah. that I, like, in my lifetime, probably not going to, like, leave the solar system or anything like that. Uh, but even then, I think it'd just be a good time. It yeah. would be cool. Do you think so? Yeah, I think that would be exceptionally cool, yeah. I think I'd just get too claustrophobic on the space shuttle. <laughs> this is... That's fair. Yeah. yeah. But otherwise, I think that feeling of um, exploring, like, the utmost limits would be incredibly satiating. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing, yeah. I don't think there'd be anything that could really come close to inner planet. And wait, what you... <laughs> Um, yeah, just exploring different planets and stuff. It would be awesome. Yes. It seems so yeah. otherworldly, right? Like it doesn't seem to be like real. I know. Real life, if that makes sense. Like you look at the the stars and you're like, what the hell? We're just here, Hi. and there's so much going on out there. Yeah. It's really hard to believe. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I know what you mean. For me, at least. I like it. I definitely like it. I like that you, um, I think that you should definitely pursue, I think your motivation for pursuing comp size should be the flexibility thing, right? I think Mm -hmm. that you're going to get the opportunity to cultivate so many different things when it comes to art. And I think that art actually can create a lot of meaning, you know, like Mm -hmm. understanding your um, impact and like the marks you left on the world can go such a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And also with Compsay, it's just like everything is leading towards like digitalization. And it's nice to be able to say like, cool, I'll be there when like like shit goes crazy with AI maybe. Or I might be there. I've put myself in a position where I could be there mm-hmm. when just when the world gets more and more digitalized. Yeah, that makes sense. And maybe I have some influence on, like, how that happens. Yeah, Yeah. no, I like it. I like it. Um, Very cool, dude. How about you? To, like, check your motivations and all that stuff. Yeah. I want to... What's the plan, Mitch? Sorry, what's the plan? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Criminal slash family law. Um, Wait, where are you working at the moment, sorry? I'm doing my professional course. Okay. So with the law, you have to do professional studies to, you know how people always talk about, like, getting the bar or whatever? So to yeah. actually be admitted in New Zealand under, like, Lawyers Conveyances Act, etc., you have to do this course, which pretty much just teaches all of these, like, practical skills of being a barrister solicitor. So we're just doing yeah. a lot of, like writing and writing to clients and things like that um all artificial of course but it's it's quite cool because it's quite practical and it's definitely um more representative of what life would be like as a lawyer as opposed to what university sort of represents to you but um yeah definitely criminal slash family law because i don't care about money slave away um being motivated by money (laughs) i think that i've you know, you're talking about putting yourself in a position, right? I think I put myself mm-hmm. in a position where I'm really fortunate where I can do a job where I um, would actually feel good from making a difference in the micro scale to lots of people's lives. Um, and then I can still like live quite comfortably as an externality. So yeah. I think where I'm going, I'm really quite happy, if that makes sense. Like I have no qualms. Yeah, so it's it's cool, it's exciting, and I know and I know what I want to do, you know. Um, I do find I think eventually I want to do something a lot more public, um, as I get a little bit older and a bit more experienced and develop my views of the world, etc. Because right now I'm definitely way too radical, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so I, I I have like a bit of a, a growing fascination with tax and things like that. So I have to be, um interested in a more public career if i wanted to influence you mean tax. public sector okay. yeah that, that in some capacity yeah so i don't know watch the space but i definitely have to get i have to scratch this criminal law itch first um just because i think that it's sort of what i'm made for based on my views of the world etc i think mm-hmm. i'll be at dealing with the potential problems that will come before me yeah what uh what radical views do you have that you think won't fly in the public sector? <laughs> I don't like democracy very much. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> so, so they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't say anything too incriminating. But no, okay. I think that, um, that's fair. I just, I just like having it's it's really important to um accept and acknowledge your limitations, right? And I my reference points currently are based on being educated um on politics and economics and law in New Zealand, which I'm fucking fortunate to have learnt all this stuff, right, for sure. Mm. But all that's presented to me is problems and all I can think of is like these need to be fixed. Whereas I haven't necessarily got any problems in my own life that need to be fixed. So I think that's really important to to recognize that when I have my own problems, like I'm working or I have a family or something like that, my priorities will be completely different. And by no means would I ever like become a conservative person or anything. More just like my conviction towards the causes and my understanding of other people's reference points and things will be completely different when the rest of the world is slightly more contextualized when I understand what it's like to have a family and a proper job and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that I'm um, just like holding fire on any kind of um, public sort of thing currently because I realize I'm still a little baby child. <laughs> mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I think it's really important to um, recognize where I'm at at the moment. I almost like think it's quite funny where I'm at at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that in the future, I will be similar, like the same genus of view of the world, but mm-hmm. I, I will consider myself to be like quite radical, right? Because I haven't got my own perspective, if that makes yeah. sense. I just have academic perspective or the statistical perspective that just everything's fucked and needs to be fixed. Um, when that's a very grand task, isn't it, really? So, mm-hmm. yeah. I changed my mind, actually. I want to be a full-time landlord and I'm going to have like 15 <laughs> houses. I'm just going to charge a lot yes. and that's going to be the dream. Yes, dude. Yes, yes, yes. Come join me, bro. It's going to be a good time. Oh, and investing. Man, I'm going to invest everything. It's going to be good. Yeah, that's passive. I love that. I love my favorite part about houses is the fact that there's like no economic contribution for anybody <laughs> other than yourself. And you're taking money from people that can't afford it. Isn't that so And fun? you can charge what you want almost. You, you want. And because everybody that owns houses are just rich white people, they all get together and go, oh, we can just <laughs> extra $50 for the students. You know what that means. Oh, how good. Love markets, dude. I love markets. So. <laughs> okay, do you want to move on to the next part? Sounds good. Okay. I have a passage. From this book, Amadeus. Uh, you re- you realize I got through the first like maybe f- it was an audiobook when I read that uh, Amadeus. Yes. And I didn't complete it because uh, I felt I wasn't a massive fan of it. But yeah, anyway, hit me. So this is a part that I thought was quite good, and I thought of you when I was reading it because it's okay. all to do with religion. Be- Sorry. Oh, no, no, no. You go. To do with religion, politics, and technology. So, okay. um, I, I, I quickly read over this because I actually made a note to ask you about this like weeks ago when I was reading this book. And this is quite okay. deep into the book. It's like in the 300, so I'm not sure if you would have made it there. But this is the passage. Are you ready? Do you want my thoughts on the passage? Yes, I All need right. your Read the passage and then ask the question, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Are you ready? In the early 20. 20- 21st 
century, the train of progress has again pulled out of the station. And this will probably be the last train ever to leave the station called Homo sapiens. Those who miss this train will never get a second chance. In order to get a seat on it, you need to understand 21st century technology, and in particular, the powers of biotechnology and computer algorithms. These powers are far more potent than steam and the telegraph, and they will not be used merely for the production of food, textiles, vehicles, and weapons. The main products of the 21st century will be bodies, brains, and minds, and the gap between those two... Sorry, (laughs) I've got my right glasses on. Um, The gap between those who know how to engineer bodies and brains and those who do not know how will be far bigger than the gap between Dickens, Britain and the Mahdi's Sudan. Um, Indeed, it will be bigger than the gap between sapiens and Neanderthals. In the 21st century, those who ride the train of progress will acquire divine abilities of creation and destruction, while those left behind will face extinction. Socialism, which was very up-to-date 100 years ago, failed to keep up with this new technology. Um, Leonard Brezhnev and Fidel Castro held on to ideas that Marx and Leonard formulated in the age of steam and did not understand the power of computers and biotechnology. Liberals, in contrast, adapted far better to the information age. This partly explains why Khrushchev's 1956 pre, uh, prediction never materialized and why it is the liberal capitalist who eventually buried the Marxists. If Marx came back to life today, he probably would urge his few remaining disciples to devote less time to reading Das Kapital and spend more time studying the internet and the human genome. Passage completed. What do you think? Um, a lot of words spoken there, Mitch. Can you remember much what of it? I, think? I just think it was like a cool... Cool. I mean, pretty much what he's saying, right, is like Marxism, and actually prior to that passage, he talks a lot about religion, about how religion has never, and Marxism, and like systems that have failed, like they never paid attention to advancing technology. And that's clearly one of the strengths of liberalism, liberalism being, you know, like freedom, etc., where we live, whatever you want to call it. Not necessarily left, not like a draconian sort of set up so that's the strength right we actually adapt to the technology and then based on liberal markets technology gets better humans get better etc so that's why liberalism is like the most potent thing in the world right now and all anybody wants is democracy etc because it's with the times and it's been really efficient whereas Mm -hmm. like religion is a good example it's like it probably will never go away not that it needs to, because it's like it's a fine. It's, it's the institution's a bit niggly, but anyway, um, the fact that religion doesn't keep up with technology, etc., has is why it's so stagnant and doesn't necessarily influence the world in many grand ways. Whereas you can look at capitalism and be like, okay, capitalism's given us everything. Mm. If that kind of makes sense, it's all about how institutions adapt to technology and how important it is. And then like yeah. the main main part of that passage was like, well, we're going to have AI and, you know, um, fabricated organs and all those sorts of things soon. So people don't get on board with that. Then they're absolutely screwed. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you remember much of what I just read? And <laughs> it was what? pretty long, but uh, I'd say I just remember it talking about like, okay, 21st century, there's brains and minds uh, and bodies that will be the biggest 
okay, this is not the only thing I read, remember, but like when I thought of that, I thought about halfway when you were talking about that, I was like, oh yeah, I remember if you asked me what I wanted to do with my life like a year ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, I want to build brain machine interfaces because that shit's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I.e. like the idea of being able to interface your brain with computers and think better, just enhance like all of, like all of our senses and like bodily like functions and thinking and uh, yeah, I, I've kind of gone off of that whole Neuralink thing. That was that was the original. That's why what I did neuroscience and comp sci if you didn't already know, because I wanted to work at Neuralink or like something like that. Yeah, yeah that's kind of fallen by the way. So I think it's going to be like pretty interesting. I mean, I, this is not a hot take at all, but like things are getting crazier and crazier with, with AI. And I don't know how long it's going to take, but I wouldn't be surprised if the world looks completely different like 40 years from now. Mm -hmm. I will like you know 2050 because because just like the end of like the internet was created about whatever 25 30 years ago depending on how you look at it that's changed everything and I think AI will probably do the same and it will just keep going like we, we get smarter and smarter and smarter to this to this to this well, some people call it the singularity, but like, who knows? Uh, I think TLDR, the future will be quite interesting. Right. I didn't really um, talk much about the economics of AI and that, which is what a lot of that passage that you just talked about included. Uh, one aspect of the economics might be that some people might get left behind if they can't afford these like big technologies. We'll see what happens. That's why we need uh, good systems and uh, politics to be able to maybe distribute them. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think that we need to make sure with something like that we recognize the exponential inequality it could create and i think that it would be for things to be potentially like exclusively publicly funded or something it would be expensive and it would be really to work out but i think it's from an ethical standpoint abhorrent to allow some people to live longer just because they have money and a lot of the time people don't gain money from their personal contributions to society right um, mm -hmm. So I think that there, there's massive ethical and partly moral things to discuss regarding that topic in the future. That's for, that's for damn sure. Like, how how long do you reckon people should be allowed to live for, dude? Imagine if people <laughs> if everybody dies at 120 from now on, our institutions are fucked. Like, we we have the worst goddamn superannuation scheme or like <laughs> in the world as is. Let alone if we're paying people like extra 20 years. You know, it's just it's actually unsustainable. So what the hell do we do? Uh, 
I have not thought about this much other than I have thought about like immortality and the, the possibility for us to like outrun our own lifespans with it. There's like, there's a stat where um, 50% of people apparently um, born after the year 2000 will live to be over a hundred. And then if you look up um, Tim Urban, he's a, he's a blog writer. He just like, he looked into cryonics and freezing and a few other things. Anyway, I'd say, I don't know, part of me likes the idea of living very long uh, because it's pretty fun. It depends obviously on like quality of life. You would want to live like good years. Um, but yeah, these are questions. Like how long should someone live for? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's all good to live for a very long time uh, and maybe the systems will adapt or maybe I'll be able to fund my way to live a very long time without relying on like superannuation or something. I don't know. I'm not really thinking about uh, minorities in this hypothetical here. I'm really only thinking about myself, <laughs> but you know, that's all. Yeah, fair enough. I think there's also the notable trend, though, is the fact that as countries become more wealthy, you know, like GDP-wise, not necessarily in any, like, meaningful metric, but mm. as countries get more wealthy, birth rates drop considerably. Like, we were talking, I think it was last night, the average German couple of, you know, just, like, pure-blood Germans, I feel like that's probably a bad example to use for obvious reasons. Um, apparently they only have 0 0.8 kids now. Something. Wow, that's crazy. That's like becomes so certainly not enough to sustain. Just like you need at least two to keep keep home. Yeah. So I equal think, population. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's it's interesting, and and everybody knows the yarns about like Japan, for example. Apparently nobody smashes in Japan anymore, and they're like literally have like a public <sighs> Tinder. To try and get birth rates back up, also. I'm, I'm making that up, but you know, apparently. No, really... I've heard of like some similar thing. Yeah. <laughs> like sex robots used. Yeah. Just so like, yeah, they could up the. Like we learned learned about this with Mr. Brudvik, the like aging population pyramid, uh, inverted pyramid, um, mm. demographic, population demographic. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's a good thing. Yeah. Like, I don't have too much of an opinion on. I, I know it's causing their like a lot of their health systems uh, a lot of grief. Yeah. Because they're struggling to deal with it. But they've also got this this thing where the young people are struggling to be able to work their own job and take care of their elderly. So you know maybe problems that will be more of a thing as time goes on. Yeah. I think we are going to come across a heap of unique problems, but hopefully exponential machine learning can solve them for us. <laughs> yeah. Real. Hello, computer, please solve, I don't know, <laughs> overpopulation. What about the old people? <laughs> um, okay. Do you want this? I have one question remaining. Okay. So, 
I don't know how to I don't know how to bring this. I think it's quite funny that what I wrote is just the most arbitrary thing you could basically ask anybody. Okay. So I want to preface it by saying the liberal world that we live in. Um, so like when I say liberal, I mean the fact that people want. So it's not necessarily like a right or left wing thing because if you think the word liberal, you think of like a a lefty, right? And you know, mm-hmm. you think conservative is more of a right wing person, but at the end of the day, the right wing person still wants freedom to have their gun, etc. And the left wing person wants freedom for you know expression, whatever, etc. So liberal, it's like blanket. So like liberal dogma, that meaning in life is so like life is pretty much whatever you make it right. So the whole point of liberalism is trying to find something that creates meaning in life for you. Mm-hmm. You think meaning in life is just something that you create yourself, or do you think that there's something else at play? And then the second part of that question is, do you think you've gone anywhere near close to creating said meaning for yourself? I guess it's um, yeah. Big questions here. Yeah. Uh, I'd generally agree with uh, the more that you put into life, the more you get out of it, which is kind of a proxy for saying that the like the meaning is what you give it because it's it's kind of a weird one when you look if we, if you really get to the bottom of it and some people would disagree probably a lot of people would disagree but i'd say like okay you get to the bottom of it what's the point of anything there's no reason enough for us being here like like why bother almost in brackets but like at the same time a lot of people could find that it's useless to think this way. So, yeah, we might be on the world and have no intrinsic purpose, but it's kind of it's fun to be alive because it's this whole playground and you're getting all of these senses and experiences and memories. So, like, why dwell on it? Just enjoy. Just have fun. And... That's the attitude that I try to have, like, even if, like, so, so then by having meaningful relationships, for example, you will, like, meaning is there and it's a literate, it's, it exists, but you have to create it. So, yeah, I'd agree because I very much value my friends and by the act of me doing that, I feel like I wouldn't want to end it all because it gives me meaning. Mm-hmm. And what was the second part of your question? Have I got close to getting meaning in my life? Mm, or some... I find it or anything. Like if I said to you, what is, what is your meaning in life? What is the meaning of life? What is your answer? Uh, my answer is uh, having good relationships and friendships with people. I'd say, uh, <laughs> but that's that's just me thinking off the top of my head. It can be. But it's, it feels legit though. Like there is nothing more that I enjoy than having like 
a good conversation and feeling really connected with someone. Yeah. And so that is like, I don't know, what else could it be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Why there's you- no one else on the world, on the planet, just you, what do you even do? Uh-huh. It's, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a little thought experiment for you. <laughs> do you have meaning? Oh, you could probably, you could probably, probably be an all good time for the first few. I mean, I like time alone as much as the next guy. By the way. Yeah. But yeah. Why do you think you um, hold so much value? Like, why do you hold so much weight for relationships? Uh, because relationships are. <laughs> they're just like so important they they're like the basis at least for me for like my mental health most of the time like if i'm feeling down i usually feel like there's there's no one that i can talk to about certain things maybe i mean that's that's an example of if i feel down then i'll one of the reasons might be that i feel like i can't communicate it anyway i think that like just people have the potential to make your day and make you feel more happy than most other sources of uh sources of time spent with (laughs) (laughs) things that you can do people are up there with just inducing happiness and maybe also sadness as well, which is maybe maybe the flip side of this would be like, oh, people definitely aren't most meaningful because they can inflict so much pain and so on. But I don't know. I think that I think relationships are pretty cool. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Did I answer the question? What do you want? What do you want from me? Like friendships, friends are important. Yeah, that's uh, the thing. That's the thing. Okay. Is like, there's no, there's no answer. It's more just like stimulating a stupid bullshit yeah. question. And this is just my answer, by the way. Of course, other people might think um, of other things. Like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of things to find meaning in, and like art, music, uh, a good, a good dinner, but. <laughs> These are, I think friendships are, especially the long-lasting ones and the good ones, like, they can bring you a lot of meaning. Yeah. All right. What about you? I'm flipping the question on you there. <laughs> All right. So you, you said there's no, it's individual. Basically. Yeah. I think it is quite individual. I think you have to, I think you have to convince yourself that there is, I, I like, have, I'm becoming a bit more aware of a um, rubric for finding or what's the word I'm looking for like a method of finding it and sort of the path it takes to find a bit of meaning etc I don't think I found necessarily like a ossified representation of what meaning in life is for myself but I think that it does take a lot of convincing that something is inherently valuable so I think so something I, I hold inherently valuable is knowledge for example mm-hmm. so i think that that's definitely something i 
really just wants to like stock up on as much as possible. One of the most important parts of life is just like stocking up on every type of it so that you can just become the most like powerful person possible, if that kind of makes sense. So that's like one way that I definitely look at it. And I think that I'm quite convinced of that. And that's what I've convinced myself all my different experiences it kind of just fits if that makes sense like I absolutely love my relationships and all that sort of stuff but I think that fits into that mold of the things that I really enjoy about relationships are the not like the knowledge and the things that I can take away from it um and that might sound does that sound almost like superficial as if like I'm using somebody for what they can give no I wouldn't say so everyone wants to like feel like they're learning something yeah from and, and if that's from someone else, then all G, I'd say. Yeah. Like learning and growth. The most the most rewarding thing about relationships for me is like watching people grow and people helping me grow and people giving me new perspectives on things and all that sort of stuff. And then also just the like hedonistic good feelings that you can get from people as you're talking about. Like if one of the boys makes me laugh, it's amazing. Well, I just want to be around that. <laughs> if that's simple. Yeah. You know. So I think that um, it all comes down to convincing yourself it, it takes a lot of convincing of what is um intrinsically valuable mm-hmm. and i think only you can really convince yourself of what it could be that would really give you that motivation to just not you know, end it all and <laughs> be like an obsessed <laughs> yeah yeah so i definitely think like that's why i asked like where how far away do you think you are from like finding meaning or whatever because i think i'm definitely so much closer than i was six months ago if that makes sense like actually putting putting time and effort into thinking about it instead of just looking at it and being like oh my god the world is completely pointless but then i was also looking at it like but there's plenty of people that are significantly smarter than me that are like loving life etc so there's got to be something (laughs) it's like i think that you've got to convince yourself right of what you think is beneficial not only to yourself but the world around you etc and i think that's a really good place to start so yeah i'm on the journey that's for that's for damn sure i think it'll just be interesting to see how i go and how i look when i start working and all those sorts of things and i haven't got so much free time and so much time to think on my hands <laughs> that kind of makes yeah. sense yeah yeah um so that's kind of here's a, i think on the topic yeah do you think that some of the smartest people in the world like is 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 intelligence in your opinion like the directly proportional to meaning okay that's that's just so i know i know that the way that i asked it is but i'm just saying like i think there are a lot of smart people out there that also hate themselves and find no meaning like and but i guess i just be careful people genuinely looked for like looks for meaning if you know what I mean or are they sort of just conforming with everything I think like because what do you consider intelligence to be do you consider intelligence to be memorizing exactly what a lecturer has told you and then just regurgitating every putting down a critical thought that they've told you in a lecture like is that intelligence oh, definitely that's the most intelligent thing you can do Mitch <laughs> memorizing lectures yeah. bro that's where it's at you know yeah. like our you know all of the best innovators were the best <laughs> Yeah. people with the best grades obviously yeah uh yeah i, think I mean critical this thought is, this... is like basis for intelligence like i think that critical thought is the absolute foundation for 
anybody I'd ever consider to be switched on. I what think about, they're gameplay, and then there are like thinkers. I think it's like a big, big divide. So there's like people who can work really hard and play the game and earn money and things, but they are like oftentimes not those people that have thought critically about their actions. Um, I, I don't, mm, I don't know. I think that there's something inherently unintelligible about the pursuit of money because you're literally just like perpetuating everything. Okay, I need to really tread lightly here because obviously, like, I'm mean, gonna get a job and that money's vital. <laughs> I think that yes, everyone needs life, money. Yeah, if your entire life is built around just like making as much money as possible, you haven't really thought about the um negative outcomes that can come from that and all of the other parts of your life that you're missing out on all those sorts of things so i think that there's something inherently unintelligible about that so that's why i would say when you when you say like intelligent people surely you could have like an incredibly smart doctor or something <laughs> that is in surgery making all this money and he works like 70 hours a week or whatever but if he's literally never asked why he's doing it or something then you know uh-huh. consider that to be a very intelligent sort of an operation <laughs> yeah yeah that's very, very well, objective. We're, That's we're very, <laughs> my very convicted opinion, if that makes sense. We're really t- approaching some hard questions. Uh, some hard questions. Like, yeah. No, that was meant to be sarcastic. It was more like, <laughs> it's not really a big secret that the pursuit of money is not very fulfilling, yeah. um, generally speaking. But some people probably disagree. Anyway, like, I don't know about this whole uh, critical thinking equals lots of meaning. Like, there are plenty of depressed philosophers who are really good at critical thinking. And, like, Schopenhauer is one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like, he's the only one I can think of at the moment. Do, do. Maybe, like, well, narcissistic is, like, Nietzsche. But anyway, like, Right, wait. I wanna put. I'll put my hand up just before. Just before I continue. I was more. I wasn't necessarily arguing that critical thinking is re- like relates in any way to meaning. Yeah. I was That's more fair. meaning intelligence. That's more what I was. So oh, right. I personally think that like critical thought is like an intelligent trait as opposed to somebody that has just like worked really hard and got good grades at uni. If that kind of makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but please yeah. continue. Schopenhauer. Oh, uh, oh uh, yeah. I don't know. I was just saying like. And, and, and likewise, I think there are a lot of people that maybe don't have it all figured out slash aren't, you know, quote unquote intelligent, but they also have a lot of meaning in life. Like you don't, I don't think it's really a prerequisite uh, for meaning personally. And the other thing I'd say is that just like intelligence can be many different things. Like you can have emotional intelligence or yeah. like oh, yeah, that's just normal intelligence (laughs) okay intelligence can be broken up into probably a bunch of different things i think there are like seven or eight of them according to wikipedia but maybe like memory might be one of them reasoning might be one of them uh yeah that's all i have to say no very good notes i definitely i definitely like it it's really funny when you break that sort of stuff down eh? oh yeah lots of lots of things about lots to consider there's a lot lot to it all I think that um, I am happy, like, I would never, ever want to take away happiness from anybody. You know what I mean? Like, if somebody has an incredibly meaningful life, but 
they haven't necessarily you know like they have an incredibly happy and meaningful and satisfying life like i would never consider mentioning anything like existentialist to them right because i just want to applaud that somebody's feeling good i feel like nowadays it's almost rare that people feel like just good (laughs) right so i think the rubric people are chasing to fulfill um it's just yeah as long as they get there and as long as people are happy man that's literally all that matters People just need to be goddamn happy. That's what it comes down to. Mm. But they can be sad if they want to from time to time. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like all emotions are fairly valid. Oh, okay. Actually, that's a big statement. But, like, just because, like, I don't know, anger and stuff. But, yeah. I think happiness is good, but also it's all good to feel down. I, I'm, by the way, me saying that just feels like uh, you weren't saying that. You, you very well might have been meaning it. <laughs> yeah um well dude it's been like an hour and a half it's actually crazy i know i've got one question to ask you before we wrap it up probably okay i'm gonna uh, do it from this angle here sure um which is i heard from so you're are you going to china is oh, this happening dude, now or is this not happening don't even want to this is not okay i'll we'll talk okay. about but it's grim this is a grim oh, story. Oh, that's a shame. Okay, okay. So I um I got to the point of like locking it in because the deal was so sick. Um, the guys, like the guys I was corresponding with, pretty much said to me they were like, okay, yes, yeah, sick. So we're gonna try and find you a school that doesn't have any office hours, so you'll just be working 20 hours a week. You get 50k New Zealand like before tax, but just in hand. We'll pay for yeah. um your accommodation, and you can go live with Jack and Futian, and all these things. Sorry. Jack Curry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was um, sick. But, okay. So that's like this. That was the plan, right? Um, and then I was also going to play rugby and then do an internship as well with one of the like one of the contacts that the um, head of the club had. So yeah. that's what I was I was planning on doing. I was like, dude, that's sick. I get to go over there, learn Mandarin, like half-ass teach some kids. Like all I have to do is just speak English. <laughs> I get heaps of money for it, and I can work at like the english academies and just get heaps of like, cash just on the side if i wanted to um meet heaps of meet heaps of new people playing rugby and make all these new connections and things like that and then i was like okay guys yeah i want to do it and i told everyone i was like yeah i'm fucking going to try now that's what's happening now um uh-huh. i wanted to do it and i got so excited and i had an interview with the school and things changed <laughs> so oh, like, no. such a shame man like i was talking to them and they were like oh i mean yeah so pretty much uh, you have to be at school because like you know because to get into china you need to teach like you have to work at a school the school gets you into the country as a for your visa and you can't really work around it so you're like stuck you're like tied to the school really tightly and the school was pretty much just like yeah so you're going to have to be at school from like eight till six doing office hours and you're going to have to do like lesson planning and you're going to have to teach classes of 60 kids and i was like sheesh what the hell like i've got, I've got all the type of stuff that i want to do and yeah. I want to live in Putin, so I want to live like a little bit far away. And they're like, oh, well, you probably can't do that. And like, and I was like, well, wait, so am I going to be able to play rugby? Like, what the hell is going to happen? And I've been like, oh, no, you probably won't have time, to be honest. Like, the community is too long, etc. Then it's just like, what the hell? I'd just be going over China, getting 50K. They weren't they were only going to pay for half my accommodation. And I was going to have to stand up by myself in front of like 60 kids <laughs> that don't speak English. Mm. Somehow teach them english i was just like what the hell so the like the steps to getting yeah. fantastic and i like actually had a good offer and i was really excited to go 
But then as soon as I was actually in contact with the people that weren't just trying to get me there for like another Kiwi to hang out with and play footy, mm. it just went to shit. So I'm really, really disappointed about that because I was so excited, man. I was just like, yeah, I'm ready. Got to go. Go away just for a year. Just have like a good OE. It'll be so fun. And I'll get to go watch like League Worlds and all that sort of stuff. It'll be sick. Um, hmm. And it's just, and I, I haven't said no to them just yet, but like I, I don't want to do that, you know. Something's popped up in Nelson um, and I get to do criminal law, which is what I want to do. So I'm just like, well, I could get 50K um, doing something I hate and teaching 60 Chinese kids that don't understand me for like 10 hours a day. Or I could start my career doing what I want to do here and go from there. So I've chosen the latter option provisionally. I think anybody that knows me well has uh, is well acquainted with my flip-flopping on the topic, but circumstances have constantly been changing, right? Mm. So I'm just dealing with the new circumstances and the new information that's coming at me when it comes at me. And I think that recent opportunities are significantly better for me holistically and set me up a lot better than if I went overseas. And sure, learning Mandarin would be a fantastic um, would be a fantastic skill, but it's n- it's still not as um, marketable as having like PAL 1 or PAL 2 court, um, qualifications and experience, right? And as soon yeah. as I get those sorts of things, tick those boxes, I can work anywhere in New Zealand I want or in any of the common law countries. So I was just like, well, I was going to bite the bullet and stay in Nelson for the year. Yeah. Okay. So there's the whole, that's the whole story. You're all caught up. That's the whole story. All right, good to do. Yeah, I was just wondering. Oh. Well, China is, we're off the China train. Well, you still go to China later in your life anyway. Well, that's the thing, dude, is it's like, I just do a year of this because lawyers at the moment are very busy and they don't want graduates because graduates are just admin. They're, they're paying for admin for themselves. Uh-huh. So like, why would you do that? So I'm just really grateful that I'm going to have an opportunity and then I'll be able to apply as a junior lawyer with experience and then it's a completely different game. Then you're actually useful, right? Yeah. So everything will be – I just need to not be fussy and take great opportunities when they pop up, you know? Yep. Yeah. Nice. So that's pretty much the go with me. All caught up. Good to know. It'll, it'll yep. be really interesting to see where I actually end up and then listen to – um. <laughs> it's really interesting to see like all the different spots I've been at because there are points when I, I was like super pro going, there are points when I was super anti going and then back to pro, etc. And now I'm just kind of beaten down by it. I'm like, oh seriously? Like I was yeah. gonna uplift my life to go live this super fun life and now it's just gonna be shit happen. I was borderline gonna be exploited. <laughs> so Yeah. No good. Wow. Well how it goes sometimes yeah all right you'll be right well have you got anything else um peaking your um curiosity not right now no i think generally i'm glad i feel less cagey now than at the start of the podcast uh which is good yeah (laughs) it's it's gotten better and better yeah. And I think I'll still – I probably won't listen to this back. Or maybe I will. I don't know. We'll see. But um, I definitely feel like there's going to be things that I listen and I'm going to be like, uh, I don't even think that. 
<laughs> or something like it's maybe yeah, yeah. my opinion. And then other things I'm gonna be like, oh man, I wish you said that. But ultimately, yeah. this is a great experience. Yeah, it's so fun, thanks man. for having me. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so fun. And it's like whenever I think about, it's actually funny. Like my my thoughts on the whole thing, I do obviously get quite worried because I always am worried about firstly my motivations for doing so, but then also my um like well, how people perceive or how they what they assume my motivations are and it's like i literally just want to have a yarn and have like a wee times capsule like a little snapshot of my relationship with people that are important to me and yeah. it's hilarious that other people can just like have a cut co- like be part of the conversation i think it's so fun <laughs> but i also really worry that people just think oh he just loves the sound of his own voice and <laughs> I, I i do I do have thoughts and I'm like, oh, should I do it? It's a bit cringe, but people ask to do it. And I think people, I think we all enjoy it. Like, it's quite cool. So, yeah, for sure. It's, I need yeah. to get doing, I need to keep doing this, especially while I have a bit of time at the moment. Yeah. And you can just keep, even if like you exist, exhaust your, your friend group or whatever, you just like keep, like you, we can do this again in a year and yeah. just see what's changed. I think yeah, definitely. That actually is a great idea. We definitely need to do that. <laughs> I need. To, I reckon I need to do Jerry again because I did him in like 2019. It was so long ago. So yeah, that's definitely something to get on board with for sure. All right, shit. Well, I guess we're done. All right, it's 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's late. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so, is this your first uh, podcast when I'm not in the same room as you? No, I've done right. multiple actually. I think the majority of them aren't in the same room. True. Yeah. Right. This is the first one with a video, though. Ooh, I wonder if the video is going to make it in any way more compelling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Good to see you. Yeah. 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 Good to talking. Yeah, definitely. Um, be safe up there. Don't get assaulted on the Courtney Place, as everybody is at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you stay safe too. Definitely. All right. I'm going to stop the recording now. Okay. All right, cool. Catch you later. See you.